Dennis Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. The doctrine of Christ, various doctrines, any, anywhere from a Trinity doctrine to a binary that there's a two-ness, the Lord said unto my Lord, being two persons rather than three. Then there is a oneness doctrine that the man Christ Jesus is not God, but he has God in him, even in glorification. Then you have a Jesus-only doctrine. We're going to be focusing on the true doctrine of Christ, the Jesus-only doctrine. Now, many have taken Jesus-only doctrine from years past, back in the 30s and 40s, that he vacated heaven. And if the man is God, then he vacated heaven, which saying there was a transmutation from the spirit to flesh. And that would, of course, leave heaven vacated because God became a man. We need to take a good look at it because this doctrine is essential from the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Without it, that we cannot be saved. It's critical for salvation. Now, many take the baptism of John whenever we baptize Christ. Being about the age of 30 years old, I had a doctor send a message one time to me and ask a question. Why, after the fall, did it take so many years of 4,000 years to get us to Christ? Why wait that long? And the answer to that is, there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. When the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son. Now the question is, how did he send forth his son? And we have to hit that perfect revelation of Jesus in order to have salvation. There's no other way. We have to know him. And that requires revelation. No man can do it with the analytical mind of an intellectual belief. It has to be through the Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, in the revelation of Jesus Christ. When most say that Jesus was baptized with the Holy Ghost, then they take that from Luke 4, that after Jesus was baptized of John and Jordan, then the Spirit came down as a dove and abode upon Jesus. They say they was filled with the Holy Ghost there. We're going to dispute that, saying that he is and always has been the Spirit of God, that he is the Holy Ghost. And then they will say, well, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I will please. That that is the time that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. No, it's the time that he would start his ministry, but he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He is that spirit. He is that Christ. When you take a look at Matthew, uh, when you see that is born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, and uh, we find that Jesus going down to be baptized of John and Jordan, being about the age of 30. Why? Why wait that long? Because Numbers 4 tells us that the high priest takes his office at age 30. Not just a priesthood, the high priest. And of course, Jesus being the high priest and profession of our faith, he, fulfilling his own law, 
will be baptized of John, John the Baptist, in Jordan by John for fulfilling the scripture to take on the high priesthood, but not after Levi or Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. It's going to change the order at the Jordan River when he's baptized of John in Jordan. And of course, John the Baptist was as a course of Zechariah, of Abijah, of the Aaronic priesthood and the Levitical priesthood. But our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which nothing was said of but the priesthood. And at that time, the heavens were open to him. At that point, Jesus took on the order of the priesthood after Melchizedek, not after Levi. It was a transfer from the Levitical priesthood to that priesthood of Jesus, our apostle and high priest of the profession of our faith. And let's take a look at it. They'll say in Luke 4 that Jesus, after he was tempted of Satan, he became filled with the Holy Ghost. And we see that after Jesus was tempted of Satan in the wilderness, it says, Luke 4, 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And they sing, that's when he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we take the book of Acts. And of course it says, and there in Acts, the 10th chapter, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. When it says Jesus of Nazareth, obviously we're talking about the man, Christ Jesus. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and hanging all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we find that is he filled with the Holy Ghost there? But after we take a good look at the doctrine of Christ, who is Jesus? Well, he's the Christ. What is this doctrine of Christ? In 2 John 9, if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. That's critical. We must know the doctrine of Christ. Well, Peter was given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And we find in Matthew 16 that Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Well, some say that you are John the Baptist. You're Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now this starts the question of who is Christ? He didn't say you are the son of God. Who is Christ? He said, thou art the Christ, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus then stated, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood, have not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter. He changes his name from the worldly name Simon Bar-Jonah to Peter, Petros, a piece of the rock. Thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church. Now the whole foundation of the church is Christ, the Son of the living God. If we miss that foundation, there's no other foundation can be laid than what is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The revelation is required. We can't just uh, haphazardly go through and say accidentally, uh, say, well, 
I ask Jesus to come in my heart and not know who he is in the doctrine of Christ and be saved. We must know who he is. We must abide in the doctrine of Christ in order for salvation. We find that in 2 John 9. If any abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Now, it's just that simple. And we have to know the doctrine of Christ. Now, we're going to take a look and we're, what is going through the world there and taking the whole continent is the Trinity doctrine. But we know that the greatest commandment of all, the first commandment, Mark 12, 29, is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, not a Trinity. And Trinity is never mentioned in the Word of God except in Revelation 16, 13, when that doctrine is exposed for what it is. It's a doctrine of devils. There's three unclean spirits like frogs. There's your trinity. And somebody says, well, how dare you? Well, read it. These judgments of God, seals, trumpets, and vows, will reveal the true trinity doctrine of what it is. Revelation 16, 13. We have been lied to over the years in a false revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, what is the truth? Well, there's variations. It goes from a trinity to a binary tunis, where it's not three persons, but two. The Lord said unto my Lord. There's two different persons. And then it goes to a oneness doctrine that um, the uh, mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, that man in there is anthropod, meaning a two-legged individual primate homo sapien, the man Christ Jesus. And that God is still in him, for God is spirit, but not flesh and blood or flesh and bone. And then you have a Jesus-only doctrine. Now, the Jesus-only doctrine before had missed it, saying that spirit had transmuted into flesh, and therefore God had vacated heaven and became a man. And then sooner or later, he's going to die, be buried, rise again, and go back to heaven where he was before. And we're going to see that's an error. There's so many different doctrines out there that how can you know the truth? And we must know the truth in order to be saved, to have eternal life. So as we examine these, there's only one way, one truth, and one life. There are not many different paths to heaven many different highways to heaven. There is only one way, one truth, one life, and that is Jesus only. He is the blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16, who only hath immortality, the man Christ Jesus. Who is that? Well, it states, that there's, he is the blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light. Now, that dwelling is a permanent dwelling forever, eternity. Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. No other man. Not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Peter, James, John, nobody. Only Jesus. He is the blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent, almighty God. Well, then, how do we know the doctrine of Christ? 
How can we break it down? How can we know the truth? It's given to us in the word of God. In the body of the book, it's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. God prepared himself a body. The question is, is how did he do it? Well, in the 451 Chalcedonian definition, we have a stated lie that is not scripturally based. It says that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the world was. In other words, in heaven, somewhere, sometime, that the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, begot a Son in heaven, Spirit Son, Spirit Junior, the Son of God. There's absolutely no scripture for that. Yet, that is the Chalcedonian definition of which almost all Protestant churches today hold as a doctrine of Christ. In the 451 Chalcedonian definition of Chalcedon, in an ecumenical council in a synod, stating the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and that Jesus is the second person of the Spirit of God, who is the Father, one person, then the Son, the second person, and the Holy Ghost, the third person. Now, the Council of Nicaea did not, it, even though it, it demanded a trinity of three persons in a hypostatic union, it did not give us the doctrine of Christ until 451 A.D. in the Chalcedonian definition. Well, that's a long time ago, and we are supposed to believe this is truth today. When the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. So God uses judgments for us to return to him, not to destroy us, but to return to him. The true Christ, the true God, the true eternal life, the true way, truth, and the life, which Jesus is the only way, the only truth, the only life. Well, how can we know? Was Jesus baptized with the Holy Ghost or he is the Holy Ghost? We see there in Matthew 3 that who is born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. We see that in Luke 2, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Well, Christ, somebody said, well, that's just a man. And the Lord, that's the second person of Godhead. No, it's not. There's only one body, one spirit. Not two, not three, not a spirit and three persons. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. Ephesians 4. Well, then what's the dynamic of it? What's the revelation? How did God do it? Well, it's very simply stated in the Word of God directly. And when we read the Word of God, which is the more sure word of prophecy, it gives us his identity. He's born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. Well, we need to know who Christ is. Well, there in Matthew 16, it was given to Peter the foundation for the church, that rock, that Jesus stayed, I would build my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, but loose upon earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter being the one that would preach on the day of Pentecost because he had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Well, now, 
we need to see what Peter says later on in his epistle about this doctrine of Christ that was given to him. We need to break it down. We need to see and be established in this mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ and make sure that we have hit the mark and we haven't missed it. That we haven't missed the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ. And if we miss that Christ, we miss the foundation. And there's no other door to get in except Christ. Well, what is that doctrine? Peter, in his epistle, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, said that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Now, first and foremost, Christ is the Spirit. God Almighty, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. He's Elohim. He's El Shaddai. He's Jehovah. He's the Aleph to the Tav. He's the A to the Z. He's the Alpha to the Omega. He's all that God is. Christ is all. Every function of the Spirit of God is Christ. Christ is that Spirit. First and foremost, we have to know that. That Christ is that Spirit. So who's born in the city of David? Christ. The Spirit. He's Emmanuel. God with us. Not Son of God with us. God with us. And we see He is the Lord. There's only one Lord. There's not two Lords. There's only one Lord. And we see that in Ephesians 4. One body, one Spirit, one Lord. So it's all by revelation. What does the scripture say? Which cannot lie. What doth the Spirit of God bear testimony and believing in the name of the Son of God, Jesus? Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior, not a second person of the Godhead. We believe in the name of the Son of God. Jehovah is salvation. Well, as we look at it, in 1 Peter 1, 1, the first chapter, verse 10 and 11, that we find, first of all, that Christ is that spirit. But it doesn't stop there. When it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ, not Christ another person, not Christ Jr., not a different person, but Christ, that spirit, who is the Spirit of God, Christ, is going to suffer as Christ. Not Christ, another person. The very self, person of God. Well, we have to have the revelation. How does God do it? What's the dynamic of it? What's the revelation of it? Well, we have to search the Scriptures. For in them we think we have eternal life, and these are they that Jesus said, Testify of me, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all Jesus. Well, we take a look at it. That doctrine of Christ. How did he come into the world? We see in Galatians 4, verse 4, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law, not above it, and under it, one of us. Hebrews 2, for as much then as your children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, God himself, not the Son of God, 
God himself, likewise, took part of the same. God with us, Emmanuel. That in all things he was made like unto his brethren. And in Hebrews 4.15, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. That which is spirit is spirit, and that which is flesh is flesh. There's no transmutation from spirit to flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. And that's the reason the devil, Satan himself, thought there's no way that God can redeem mankind back to himself because there must be a blameless, spotless lamb of God as a sacrifice and under the law to redeem us that's under the law, which he believed was impossible. But he did not understand what the seed of the woman is. And that, if the princes of the world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Not Lord Jr., the Lord, God himself. When we see Abraham offering Isaac on Mount Moriah, and as he is going up there, Isaac asking, well, we see we have the fire, we have the different things uh, for this the sacrifice, but where is the ram for the sacrifice? Where is it? Abraham said, God will provide not for himself. God will provide himself a sacrifice. And that's exactly what he did. Hereby perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Therefore, we have to lay down our lives for the brethren. 1 John three sixteen. Well, then, let's take a look at the dynamic. What does the scripture say? Well, it tells us Paul breaks it down where we can't miss it. In Philippians 2, verse, if you take a look at verse 5 through 8, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here we go in verse 6. Who being in the form of God, very important, the form is morpha, an eternal state. The form of God. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus being that spirit in the form of God. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. Who's the Lord? Jesus. Second Corinthians 3.17. The Lord is that spirit. Capital S. That's Jesus. Well, he's got to have a man to die for the sin of the world. And he's got to be a perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice. And one of mankind as a kinsman redeemer made under the law in order to redeem us that's under the law. There's no other way. Must be a kinsman redeemer. Though Jesus, as God, did not take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham. He took on him the seed. How did he do it? Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal to God. Something to be grasped at. That's the spirit of God, that he is. There's many different attributes. All these attributes are equal. God is love. God is power. God is wisdom. God is providence. Uh, prudence. 
God is understanding. God is jealous. God is, and he is all of these things. And Christ is all. Christ is every function and office of that spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Father. Christ is Elohim. Christ is El Shaddai. Christ is Jehovah and all the various titles of, of Jehovah on the various attributes that we're talking about. Christ is. Christ is all. And in all. Christ is that spirit. First and foremost. But in order to die for us, God has to provide himself a sacrifice. How does he do it? Well, he looks for a man. Why did he need a man? Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man, not God, not spirit, but by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offense is one, is of one, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost it, Romans 5. Only a man can redeem us back. God is spirit. He has no blood. He can't die. He can't suffer. And he can't be tempted. Therefore, he looked for a man. He had to have a man. But all the sin that comes short of the glory of God, none good, no, not one. All were conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity. So therefore, God said, I searched for a man. I was amazed I could find none. That's in Isaiah 59, 16. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation to myself. It's also stated again in Isaiah 63, 5. He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find that. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation to me, God said. He made himself a body of flesh and blood. How did he do it? Paul says in uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, he said, uh, Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but God himself made himself, gets God himself, made himself of no Reputation. That's not the Son. That's God. The Son of God didn't come down and die. Uh, there is Spirit who took on a body of flesh. For the Son of God is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Not a different person of the Godhead. And there is the primary doctrine of Christ. Christ is God. Who made himself a body of flesh and blood? For the suffering to redeem us that were under the law by the shedding of his blood. Who did? God did. Jesus, who being in the form of God, not the form of the Son of God, the form of God, made himself of no reputation. That means he's laying aside his glory, just like the high priest did it in Leviticus 16. When you see the high priest all the priests were taken out of the sanctuary, the holy place. And on the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, that only the high priest there took off his garments of glory and beauty in the sanctuary and took upon him the linen garments, became one with the people. And he's going to work on Israel's behalf, the nation Israel, after he completes all sacrifices and offering the blood before the, for uh, their sin for that year, 
sprinkled the blood seven times before the mercy seat. And after he's offered the goats, the goat of Azazel, all of that is done. The sacrifices are complete. Then the high priest comes out, takes off the linen garments, lays them aside, never to be worn again, and puts back on his garments of glory and beauty. The Lord Jesus did the same for us. He, he being God, the Spirit of the Lord, in uh, the form of God, Spirit, made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory. Why? He's going to become one with us. He's going to be our kinsman redeemer. He's going to take on him, flesh, after, after the fall. Not an Adam before the fall, an Adam after the fall. We see that in Romans 8, 3, in what the law could not do, in that it was weak in the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Not sinless flesh, sinful flesh. His flesh had a propensity to sin just like us. So he can be tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4, 15. How did he do it? Well, he did it simply, as Paul stated, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, that spirit, made himself of no reputation. Kenosis, it's a kino. He laid aside his glory. He made void the dignity, the glory, and the power. Laid it aside. Why? Because he's going to work salvation as a man in under the law. Well, if he comes in under the law as a man, and he's still that spirit, he hasn't ceased and desist from being the spirit of God. He just puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself so he can work as a man. He's not going to transmute in the flesh. That which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. He's going to add to himself, as spirit, a body of flesh and blood as our kinsman redeemer in what that law could not do. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He's one of us. At that time, how much glory does he have? Not some reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. Why? Because he's going to work salvation as a man. And that man, the man Christ Jesus, is under the law. Well, the law still there until he died as the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God and that takes the ordinances of the law and nails it to his cross and breaks down the middle wall of partition. But as long as he is in the days of his flesh before that cross, he's in our stead. And he takes upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. He's under the law. Well, he's still God. Yes, but the law's still there. And there's your key. Because as long as that law's still there and he's in our stead, he's going to show us the way, the truth, and the life in his own body of flesh made in under the law. Galatians 4 verse 4. four. He's going to show us how to pray, how to fast, how we, as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience, 
doing what he did, walking as he walked, that we will also overcome just as he did through the eternal spirit. And that being, he's made in under the law, for the flesh he adds to himself is not above the law, it's under the law. He's still God. Just because he put a self-imposed limitation upon himself, he's still God. He didn't cease and desist from being God. He can't. He's God. Self-existent, eternal. That's always and is and always has been. God. But he can put a self-imposed limitation upon himself to work as a man. That's exactly what he did. And then he added to him, his spirit, the form of a servant. Philippians 2.6. Made in the likeness of men. He didn't transmute into flesh. He adds to his spirit a body of flesh and blood as a man. He's still the spirit of God. But remember, the law is still there. Until he dies on the cross, that wall of partition, even though he is that spirit, that law is still there, separating Jesus, his own spirit, from the flesh and blood that he is, is Christ. Or Christ is Christ. Christ the spirit is Christ the man. Therefore, it behooved Christ to suffer and die and to rise again. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. When we see that Jesus, the spirit of God, loved us so much that he put a self-imposed limitation upon himself. That's Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5, to become a man. He adds to himself. He makes himself of no reputation and takes upon him, the spirit, the form of a servant. Well, the spirit's been made of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Nobody else did. He put a self-imposed limitation up on himself to work salvation for us, redemption. And to do that, he had to come in under the law. Because while he's under the law, he's got to pray to the Father, his spirit, redeeming his own human back to himself. God working salvation in and of himself alone, for God was in Christ. Well, God is Christ. Yes, I know. 2 Corinthians 5, 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Well, Christ is God. We can put it this way. Christ was in Christ reconciling the world unto Christ. Christ is God. God was in Christ. Well, Christ at that point had made himself a body of flesh and blood. It's still God. You can worship the man Christ Jesus in the days of his flesh as a baby and not be an idolatry. Why? Because God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. That means that he was not filled with the Holy Ghost. The man is sometime later on called a, doc, a doctrine of adoptionism that he will be filled with the Holy Ghost. We have it backwards. That Jesus, who is spirit, makes himself of no reputation, 
who he's always been spirit, always will be the spirit of God. But he makes himself of no reputation, lays aside his glory, and takes upon him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being fashioned as a man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbles himself, even to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him. That's exactly what Jesus said in John 2. Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. Not my father, I will. Why? Because no man can raise up his own body except he be God, that he is that spirit. They said 46 years. When they are building this temple, and you're going to raise it up, Jesus, in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. Therefore, he's declared to be the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh, through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead, showing that he is God Almighty. Well, to understand the dynamic, the doctrine of Christ is, first of all, Christ is the Spirit. He is not a trinity. There's no other persons in the Godhead except one. And Jesus, Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3, is the express image of his person. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father dwelling in me, housing permanently in me, he's the one doing the works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, Loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive going free. It's God, the Father of glory, doing all of that. The Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, if I, with the finger of God, that's God's finger. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. Well, how did he do it? Well, he makes himself a body of flesh and blood. He doesn't transmute his spirit into flesh and the spirit doesn't exist anymore. No. The spirit, even though it's made of no reputation, is still the spirit of God. It's just made a self-imposed limitation that in the days of his flesh, he will work only as a man for us to redeem us that were under the law and then go back to that former glory that he laid off. He's going to take it all back. Glorified with the Father's own self. And that's exactly what he did. So what's the doctrine of Christ? Christ is that spirit. He is that invisible spirit. He is the Father of the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He always has been. All those Old Testament prophets, they searched diligently to the grace that's coming to us, searching what or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them. That spirit's capital S, it's God. Christ is that spirit. But when it signified beforehand, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ, God is going to add to himself a body of flesh and blood. But he's got to work only as a man. What does he do? Makes himself of no reputation, a self-imposed limitation that I'm not working his spirit. I'm going to work only as a man. And therefore, the spirit's still the spirit. But the man is made of no reputation. It's God's own body. It's God's own flesh. The law is still there. 
as a wall of partition. And Jesus, who is the man with emptied out of glory, he has the spirit. He's not the man that takes on the spirit. He's the spirit that takes on the form of a servant. Philippians 2, 6. He is the spirit that takes on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. Well, somebody said, well, it still sounds like two. Well, we have to look at the word of God. Isaiah 43, 10, Thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is the tetragrammaton, Yahweh. It is Jehovah, the self-existent eternal spirit of God, no flesh, no blood, and the invisible spirit. Thus saith the Lord, the invisible spirit of God, that is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. And my servant, notice that, Isaiah 43.10, and my servant whom I have chosen. God chose that servant. Many call few chosen. God chose that servant. Who is the servant? Well, it sounds definitely, definitely like it's another person, but it's not. Because God said that you may know and believe me and understand. Don't believe other denominations. Don't believe bishops, apostles, prophets of, of, of whatever sect, sectarian and denominational uh, walls that there are. Believe him. Believe what he said. God said, Thus saith the Lord, that invisible spirit, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, believe God, and understand, I am he. The spirit is that man? Yes, it's God's own body of flesh and blood. The Son of God is the Father revealed. He wasn't filled with the Father. He is the Father. He is and always has been that spirit. But he made himself of no reputation to add himself to himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Who is that servant? Look at Isaiah 43.10. Before me, God said, there was no body. There was no, what? No one formed. No body form. Neither shall be after me. Take a look at Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43.10. And we're going to read that to you directly from the word of God. And it says in Isaiah 43.10. You are my witnesses. saith the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen. And there's the man. The servant made in the likeness of men found in fashion as a man, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed. God formed? So therefore, we can take that the word was made flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of God, full of grace and truth. Then we can look at John 1.18. No man has seen God at any time, the invisible spirit. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. Well, there's many different times of looking at how is it the only begotten son? In other manuscripts, you're going to see the only begotten God or you're going to see the only begotten one, the Yaqib. All is correct. 
because God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. It says so there in Isaiah 43.10. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now, see it, have the revelation. See now that I am he before me, that there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer. That man is God. Well, he's in an empty state of glory. He's laid aside his glory to work salvation for us as a man. Yes. Even though he's made an under the law, he is going to show us the way, the truth, and the life as our kinsman redeemer, one of us, made an Adam after the fall in the likeness of sinful flesh. So he says there in Isaiah 43.10, before me there was no God formed, not man formed, God formed. Neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. You go on down, verse 11, I, even I am the Lord. Who? The man, the servant, the God formed. So we have monogamous, Huos, the only begotten son, which is also, we can say, monogamous Theos, the only begotten God. Yes, right there. God formed it. He's God manifest. We can say the only begotten one, the Yaqid. That unique, solitary, unique one, one of a kind, Yaqi, one. All are correct, either way you put it. Because the only begotten son is the only begotten God, who is the only begotten one. Never be another one, not shall be after him, none before him, none after him. He's the only begotten God. He's the only begotten son. He's the only begotten one. There'll never be another. He said, now, go to verse 11. That's Isaiah 43. 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. There's no man standing at the right hand of God. That is not Kyr, a physical right hand. It's Dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, which means an exaltation. God said, there's none up here. I know not any. There's no other God beside me. I know not any. There's no other person. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, I have showed, when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witness, saith the, the Lord, that I am God. The man Christ Jesus is God. Yea, before the day was, I am he. That's what Jesus said. As Abraham rejoiced, uh, he said, you're not 50 years old, Jesus, and have you seen our father Abraham? He said, before Abraham was, I am. He rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. Yea, before the day was, I am he, the Savior, God Almighty. There is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will let it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus, who is God, manifests in the flesh. Somebody said, no, he's not God. Yes, he is. He's not a man formed and takes on God. He is God that takes on the form of a servant, takes on a humanity, not the other way around. So the Jesus-only doctrine 
is not a trinity. It's not a binary. For the Lord, Jesus God Almighty, is the Lord, the Jehovah Lord God Almighty. In other words, the Lord Adon, the man who is God, is the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Yahweh. One and the same. What's the difference? The Lord said to my Lord, Lord, set thou to my right hand and make the name of thy footstool. Matthew twenty two forty two. And when Jesus was asking, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? That's the doctrine of Christ. They said he's the son of David. Well, he's the son of David according to the flesh. You've got the Christ, the man, right? But do you know that he's Christ, God Almighty? They didn't get it. And many don't get it today. So Jesus quotes Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, set thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David in spirit calleth him Lord, the man who is God, how is that man? How is that Lord? That of Don, the man who is God. How is the Lord, as he then his son? A little S-O-N. How is he just a man? You've got the flesh right, but you don't have the spirit. Christ the spirit is Christ the man. Even though he's in an empty state of glory, made himself of no reputation to redeem us that are under the law, he's still God. Always has been God and always will be God. He is God that took on a body of flesh, not a flesh that took on God or was baptized with the spirit or baptized with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. Always has been. Jesus stated that all things were made by him. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. Whether it be thrones, pentrals, powers, things visible and invisible, all things were made by Jesus Christ. He is that spirit. However, he took on a body of flesh and blood. Why? To redeem us. You'll see that in Isaiah 43, verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your king. Who's the king of kings? Jesus. Who is that? God Almighty. In the days of his flesh, he works as a man. He fulfills his own law. Then he's glorified back with the glory he had with the Father before the world was, before he laid it aside. And that's John 17, 5. So what's the difference? Here we go. The Trinity says there's three persons in the Godhead. That the Father, sometime before the world was, begot the Son of God, before the foundation of the world. 451, Chalcedonian definition, which is a lie. He never begot another spirit. He said, I know not any. There's no other spirit but me. I know not any. Well, there's a tunis. They say, well, the Lord said unto my Lord, it's got to be two lords. No, there's only one Lord. Well, what is the Lord? The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital D, capital L-O-R-D, is the invisible spirit of God. Said unto my Lord, that's the Don, the man who is God, Set thou at my right hand until make, I make thine enemies thy footstool. Well, that Lord, capital L, small O-R-D, is Adon, the man who is God. So the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is the invisible spirit. What is the capital L, small O-R-D? The spirit made visible. And in the days of his flesh and his humiliation, he's going to fulfill his own law. And then, 
take that law, the ordinance of the law, nail it to his cross, that wall of partition, God in his own body of flesh and blood, and he's going to take that ordinances of that law, nail it to his cross, and thereby break down that metal wall of partition. That parts God from man in his own body of flesh and blood, working salvation in and of himself alone. When you see that, you understand Christ is Christ. Christ the Spirit is Christ the man. He's working salvation in and of himself alone. The Spirit of God that's made himself of no reputation to add to him the form of a servant so he can work salvation in and of himself. And after he has fulfilled the law, the law states that a high priest doesn't take his office till age 30. Well, Jesus fulfilling his own law in the days of his flesh in an empty state of glory, humiliated state, humble state. He will fulfill and takes his high priesthood at age 30. (laughs) That's when he's baptized of John and Jordan. That's when he begins uh, to work on our behalf through the Spirit of God, not before then. Why? Because the law states the high priest does not work on our behalf till age 30. That's when he takes his office. Jesus does that, fulfilling his own law at age 30, and then the Spirit of God, which he is, by the law, can start breaking through his flesh and progressively glorifying his own human back to himself, the spirit. Now you've got the doctrine of Christ. Well, the one to say, well, now God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, and God still is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Wrong. No, because why? They say, well, you have one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, Anthropos, and Jesus, even in his glorification, the oneness doctrine states that the man is at the right hand of God. And God, who is spirit, who cannot be flesh and bone, is still in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So he's our intercessor going to God on our behalf as a mediator of the New Testament. The only problem with that is, is Romans 8, 26 says that we have, no man knows how he ought to pray, but the spirit itself make intercession. Who's that spirit? The Lord Jesus. Well, did the man become that quickening spirit? Yes. The man Christ Jesus went back to his former glory as a father. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That second Adam, that last Adam, Christ Jesus, the man was made a quickening spirit. Who is that? That's the Lord. Who's the Lord? The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Jesus now is the Lord. He is the Christ. He is the Christ that's in you. Jesus said, while he was with his disciples in the earth, he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it's saving not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Well, in that time, Jesus was working as a man made in under the law to redeem us. And as long as he's under that law, and has not broke down that metal wall of partition, he's showing us he's got to pray to his Father, which is his own spirit, the Spirit of God. But he's emptied out of glory. So how does he do it? He's working only as a man. And you'll see that because a man lost it, only a man can redeem us back. 
But that servant, that man is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, as we see in Isaiah 43.10. He never ceased and desist from being God, for before him there's no God formed, not man formed, God formed, neither shall be after him. God formed. And that's exactly how he did it. Jesus, who being in the form of God, made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant. That's God form. The man, God himself, manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. Now it's the doctrine of Christ. There, whenever we see that doctrine of Christ, he fulfills his own law. Then he goes to the cross as a man. The son of God as a man. Then dies on the cross. Nailing the ordinances of that cross, the ordinance of that law to his cross to break down the middle wall of partition. Then where does he go? Well, somebody said he went on the right hand of God. That's what he did for us, what he did to usward. You see that in Ephesians 1. When God set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, what he wrought or did wrought for us, the body of Christ. And you see that again in Revelation 3.21. Because he says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne as a man. I play, made a place for you. Is that where Jesus stayed? No. He went back to his former glory. That was the father of glory, God himself. Glorified with the father's own self. John 17.5. Look at Revelation 3.21. In the Lord of the I grant you to sit with me in my throne. That's what I place and prepare for you. You're made to sit together in heavenly places. Made to be set together at the right hand of God. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, in a state, of a, in a position, that's what I did for them, the body of Christ, my body. Well, where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. Always been God. Always will be God. It's E.T. Down with my Father in his throne. Not beside it. Not around it. In it. Well, that means all power in heaven and earth is in. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus come out of the tomb said, All power in heaven and earth is given unto me. That did not leave the Father powerless. For he's glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5. Well, who is he now? Well, he's a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Well, is he made that quickening spirit? Is he Christ? Is he the Holy Ghost? Yes, he is. Because he told the disciples, he said, uh, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it saith him not, neither knoweth he, but you know him, for I dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Then he says, I will not leave you comfortless or as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus will come to us? Yes. Because Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. Why? For if I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. Because that is Jesus in his glorified state. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. That is the spirit, Jesus Christ. The man made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Well, look at Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly 
that same Jesus whom you crucified. God had made him what? At a oneness doctrine, set at the right hand of God? No. What has God made him? Now, that all the house of Israel know surely, that same Jesus whom you crucified, the man, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. That man is that spirit. Not sitting at the right hand of God. He is God. He is the Father. That's the reason why in 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16, you see Jesus Christ, who is a blessed and only potentate, Jesus' only doctrine. He is the Almighty. The potentate is the omnipotent, who only hath immortality. Jesus only. It's not a oneness doctrine. Oneness doctrine states that there's a man standing at the right hand of God or set at the right hand of God and that the Spirit of God is still in him, reconciling the world unto himself. No. The Lord is that Spirit now. The man Christ Jesus is that Spirit. The man glorified with the Father's own self made a quickening Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Now, that's a Jesus-only doctrine. He is the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, who only hath immortality. 1 Timothy 6, 15 to 16. Dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. The man Christ Jesus is glorified with the Father's own self. He is that light. And when Paul saw him, the light, the Father of glory, the Lord, Jehovah, on the Damascus road. Who art thou, Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty? Who are you? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Not sitting at the right hand of God. That's what he did for us. He's that spirit. But he did prepare a place for us. And that doctrine of Christ is that he is that spirit. So he is every office of the Spirit of God. The oneness doctrine says the man is not God, but he's at the right hand of God, but the, that God is that spirit, but not the man. The man's seated at the right hand of God, and God's still in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. No, God was in Christ in the days of his flesh, the time that he took our place as a kinsman redeemer to redeem all of us back to himself. Not now. And we see that in John 16. He said, the Holy Ghost will reprove the world of righteousness. Why? He said, because I go to my Father. I don't go around him, I go to him. I'm glorified with the Father's own self. All power in heaven and earth given to me. I am the Lord and Christ. He is that spirit, Jesus said. And that, that, uh, that doctrine of Christ is that he is that spirit. When we have that revelation, he's not at the right hand of God. He is set down with the Father in that throne, Revelation 3.21. And that's when he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He is made that quickening spirit. He said, for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters as he spake of the spirit, which was not yet given. Why? Because a man, Christ Jesus, has got to be glorified 
back to his former glory, and then sent the Spirit, the Spirit of his Son, which is the Spirit of the Father, one and the same, Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. One and the same Spirit, only one. So the Trinity doctrine is an in error. The binary, Tunis doctrine is uh, in error because there's only one Lord. And the oneness doctrine is in error because it states the man is not God, but God's in him. No, there's only one correct Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, and that is the only true doctrine, the blessed and only potentate who only hath their mortality, dwelling in the light, which no man, he's the only man that's set down with the Father in that throne, Revelation 3.21, and that is First Timothy 6.15 and 16. So God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, and believe, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. He got himself. Well, he was a man emptied out of glory. And the Spirit of God emptied out of glory to become that man. Yes, I know. But after he fulfills the law, he goes back to where he was before. Just as he said to Pilate, What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven where he was before? All power in heaven and in earth, given unto me. The name that is above every name, the name above Jehovah, the name above Elohim, the name above all names, the only revealed name of God, the only blood name of God, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Not a second person. Definitely not a second person of the Godhead. Not a trinity, not a binary, and definitely not oneness. Oneness state, he's still at the right hand of God. The anthropos, making intercession for us as a mediator of the New Testament. He did the mediating at the cross, and he made intercession for the people. Now, that man has been made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That's the Jesus-only doctrine. What's the difference? The trinity is in there saying there's three persons. The binary Tunis, it's in the uh, era saying there's two persons. The oneness is an era saying that the man's not God, but he has God in him. No. The oneness, Jesus only, the man is God. There you have it. So, any man abide not in this doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Second John 9. Well, what is it? First John 2, 22. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Father, the Word. God Almighty, El Shaddai, Elohim, every office of the Spirit there is. He is Antichrist. What? Yes. You either have that doctrine or you're in the synagogue of Satan. I didn't say it. God did. And what happens? He said uh, that it was a liar, but he that denied, he denied that Jesus is the Christ, the Spirit of God. And whatever office that Spirit's in. He's Antichrist. That has denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Spirit revealed. Manifest. See. It's one and the same Spirit. Only one. 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, 
the Spirit of God in all offices, be it Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Word, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah, whatever. This will believe it that Jesus is the Christ, that he's all the, the Spirit of God is born of God. Don't fall for a trinity, binary, or oneness doctrine. God's revealing who he is in judgments now to get us to turn and return to the true God, the true living God Almighty, Jesus Christ, that he alone, the man, is God Almighty, the Father, one and the same, not a different spirit. He's doing it with judgment. Come and let us return to the Lord, Hosea 6.1. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He's doing judgments, not to destroy us, but to get us to return to the true revelation of the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. It's a long suffering of God to get us all to turn to him and be saved. In the third day, he will revive us. He will lift us up. And we will live in his sight. Not just revival, but lift us up face-to-face glory. He will lift us up and we will live in his sight. That's face-to-face glory. And God's doing it now. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning and he will come to us as the rain, the former and the latter. He's doing it now. He's showing judgments in the earth for one reason, to get us back on track to give him the glory that he is. The Father of glory, He is God. He is the Allah to the child, the Alpha to the Omega, the Almighty God. There's not another. That's the true Jesus only God. Let us all go into the real revelation of Jesus the Christ, the only true God and eternal life beside Him. There is no other God. He is the Holy One of Israel. Before Him, there was no God formed. Neither shall be after Him. He is the only true God and eternal life. If this is struck a chord with you, the Spirit beareth witness with your spirit, this is truth, then we'd like to hear from you. Give me a call. We'd like to be one with you, work together in the ministry and the unity of the faith. My area code, my country code is 1. Plus, area code 903-746-4885. Leave a message. I'll get back to you. You can also write me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box, 2906 Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us over the websites, feelinggodspeople.org, feelinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for all your prayer support and your generous donations whereby we can keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Till the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.